Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you all to another installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. My name is Lee Nichols. I'm the Editor-in-Chief and Associate Publisher of Hydrocarbon Processing Magazine. Today, we are looking at five lessons to get the most out of remote training and tools. This was written by Peter Munson of T.A. Cook and Partner Consultants. Remember, you can subscribe to the Main Column podcast by clicking on the subscribe button, which is on the podcast website, or you can use your smartphone by saying, hey Google, Alexa, or Siri, subscribe me to the Main Column podcast. The past year has been a time of great challenges and of great opportunities for people to adapt and overcome the current restrictions on in-person meetings. In a demanding and changing environment, training is key for developing new workforce skills, as well as for enhancing and adapting existing strengths. In the hydrocarbon processing industries, this training focuses on concrete work processes and technical issues. This sort of training has traditionally consisted of in-person group settings that have been significantly restricted due to COVID-19. In this new reality, the industry must continue to develop skills in the most effective manner for supervisors, operators, and maintenance craft persons while keeping these employees healthy and available to get back into the plant to apply these skills. In-person group training may never look the same as it did prior to the pandemic, but 2020 has shown that we can get much more out of remote tools than we previously thought possible. These tools provide excellent new options for flexible and engaging training that brings together expert trainers and collaborative learners no matter where they are located. Based on the author's experience in conducting remote training on maintenance and reliability during 2020, five key lessons are presented here for getting the most out of this online medium. Number one, start with why. Now, more than ever, one must use a critical eye when considering training. During this challenging pandemic period, achieving goals has become much harder on both an organizational level and an individual level. For this reason, companies must focus their training efforts on key skills that will enhance the organization's competitiveness. Training should be explicitly linked to an organization's goals and its plans for achieving them. Once this linkage has been validated, it is essential to clearly communicate this value to stakeholders, including to the leaders who will be resourcing the training and to the supervisors who will be making their employees available to attend. Companies must also communicate the training's value proposition to the learners before, during, and after the training so that they understand why it is important for them to not only attend, but to also be present and engaged in the training. The author's experience indicates that it can be harder to get people to attend remote training than it is to herd people into a classroom setting. Once they have logged on into an online training session, it is certainly harder to keep learners engaged and free of distractions and to ensure that they avoid multitasking or simply losing focus during the training. We have all been on remote calls. When attending remote sessions, it's easier to drift off on other thoughts than when attending training sessions in person. Consequently, to maintain a high level of engagement among participants, communicating the value proposition is a crucial first step. Engagement must be constantly nurtured as laid out in the points that follow. Number two, reinvent and invigorate remote training. We all know what on-site training generally looks like. Participants show up at a classroom, grab coffee and pastries, sit down and then listen to the training session. If the trainer is good, there will be plenty of opportunities for engagement such as question and answer sessions, group discussions, and activities. Trainers will also read the room for nonverbal cues and will adjust their delivery as needed. On breaks, 
side conversations will help participants make connections with the other learners and reset their resolve to go into another session. Most of us do not want to be known as that person who openly ignores the training while thumbing through a mobile device, so we make a good effort to appear to be engaged, which results in at least moderate level of actual attentiveness. Very few of these familiar social cues are at play during remote training, however. Thus, trainers who take their pre-COVID material and deliver it unaltered while seated at their laptop are doomed to failure. This would also result in a costly failure for the receiving organization. Not only would the training funding and the highly compensated time of employees be wasted, but a poorly prepared trainer may also have created a disastrous first impression for a key initiative that is tied to a real value for an organization. Remote training must be designed and delivered in a manner that specifically addresses the unique challenges and opportunity of, of today's remote environment. Gaining and maintaining engagement are far more challenging remotely, and few of the usual cues and encouragements are available. To compensate for this, training should be structured in shorter blocks with more engagement opportunities and with more frequent breaks that will allow people to reset. Finally, it is a best practice to use a technical facilitator for remote training. This allows the lead trainer to focus on the content and engagement while the facilitator deals with the technology and monitors the session chat window and the video feed for learners' questions and feedback. Number three, use structure and tools to create and maintain engagement. Long lecture approaches do not work in the remote environment. Try to keep lecture type presentations to a minimum and structure the delivery so that one cohesive set of concepts is presented in 30 to 45 minutes followed by a breakout group activity that gives learners an opportunity to interact, ask questions, and reinforce their learning in a more engaging format. In this industry, breakout activities can provide great value for enabling learners to consider and discuss how the concepts apply to their daily activities. For most training topics, employees can get the most value and engagement out of concrete breakout discussions on how to apply the skills, including what challenges learners may face in applying the skills and what opportunities the new skills present. Likewise, day-long workshop formats can be exhausting for remote learners. Instead, consider offering half-day modules spread out over more calendar space. Learners will be able to take more away from each of these shorter modules. In addition, it will be easier for supervisors to allow their employees to attend a half-day training session rather than a longer session. While the challenges of keeping participants focused is not unique to remote training. There is a far higher tendency for participants to check out mentally via multitasking during all-day remote training sessions. Organizations delivering formal training should consider creating a studio. An unused conference room is a perfect setting for this. With a green screen, a mounted webcam, lighting, and appropriate monitors, trainers can have a far more professional and engaging production with the trainer standing and pointing at the virtually projected slides on the green screen. At a very minimum, anyone delivering training should have a dual monitor set up with a dedicated webcam. This allows trainers to see the presented material on one screen and the conferencing app controls on the other. Trainers should also consider using an integrated tablet to enable drawing concepts and marking slides for additional emphasis. Interactive tools can help with engagement. Instead of having verbal quizzes answered by the same few learners every time, you can use quiz apps for entertaining reinforcements of concepts. Instead of trying to coax employees to use markers on whiteboards, you can use whiteboard apps that will allow all to write or type their thoughts from their desk. Finally, 
Most business communication and conferencing platforms provide an ability to create virtual breakout sessions. In these breakout sessions, smaller groups can discuss issues, conduct activities, provide whiteboard concepts, or collaboratively create content to share their results with the rest of the class. Number four, seek feedback early and often. Remote trainers cannot innately read the room as they would in an in-person presentation. While encouraging participants to broadcast their video can provide some insight into a small group, this is still no match for the volume of nonverbal cues apparent in an in-person setting. For this reason, it is important to seek feedback early and often during remote training. The following are just a few ways to seek feedback during sessions. One, ask questions and check for comprehension more frequently than during an in-person session. Two, use remote tools to ask participants to raise their virtual hand to answer questions. An alternative method is asking everyone to turn on their video feed, then asking those who agree with a certain statement to turn their video feed off. In addition to providing feedback, this simple requirement can refocus attendees' attention. Number three, utilize apps that will allow real-time anonymous polling with Likert scale options short answers, and word clouds that can be displayed immediately via a browser window or PowerPoint plugin. And finally, encourage and respond to comments in the session's chat window. These in-stride feedback opportunities allow trainers to make real-time adjustments and avoid losing the class for an entire session. Hosts should also seek feedback in a more dedicated way at the end of each session. First, at the end of each session, allocate time for a live discussion of what went well during the session and what challenges the learners encountered during the training. Be sure to probe only for the traditional feedback on content and understanding, but also for technical issues and for an environmental challenges, such as employees in shared offices being unable to fully focus on the course. Second, the remote environment provides a great opportunity for anonymous surveys via apps or the internet. The author's experience is that these surveys tend to be filled out more completely than the paper forms. Number five, identify and empower on-site champions for training. When virtual training is completed, there's not the same opportunity for networking, having sidebar conversations, or exchanging business cards as usually happens during in-person training. Regardless of the format, few organizations have a great plan for an ongoing connection between training and what happens the next day in the plant. Consequently, for all training formats, it is important to identify and empower on-site champions who can answer questions, provide support, and tie new skills to a better way of conducting daily operations. Ideally, this would take the form of formal coaching with on-site coaches who have not only mastered the training material, but also possess a high level of change leadership skills. Yet, even in cases where a formal coaching program is not feasible, it is important to identify on-site champions who have mastered the training material, know the linkages to daily operations, and can help cement the change. This is critical part of any training plan. Remote training is an indispensable tool for companies that understand the twin imperatives of continuing investment in their human capital while also safeguarding their employees through social distancing. Remote training presents different challenges and opportunities than in-person sessions, meaning that remote training requires different approaches, structures, and tools to maximize value. Successful trainers must seek feedback early and often and use that feedback to make agile adjustments to tailor their approaches to the particular culture and to the needs of their learners.
Thank you again for listening to another installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column.